to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am sitting down chatting. We're, we're, we're virtual. I'm sitting down and chatting with a multidisciplinary artist from East Baltimore. Please welcome YTK. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, what's up? What's up? <laughs> see, see, I like, I like that it got smooth. It got chill. It got relaxed. I'm coming with the anxiety energy. And we're coming oh, hell. With... <laughs> 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 nah, it's all good. Um... So for those who are undepth and don't know, give us the vital stats. What's your background? Who Basically, who are you? Give, give us the rundown. All right. Well, I'm YTK, 22 years old, from East Baltimore, Maryland. Um, been making music in the area since, like, 2016. Uh, director, producer, engineer, video editor, cover art maker. Everything that it takes to be an artist, I do type shit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I feel like that's the that's the rundown right there. <laughs> it's it's like a one man show. When I was like out here, like looking at like, okay, what does dude do? And I was just like, all right, my man is doing everything. I was on the website for a while. I was just like, like I've seen this guy. <laughs> I've seen this dude. <laughs> um, so since I think it's a a fully formed, fully realized like approach when you have your your hands on every part of what the process is that yeah. means that it's truthfully going to be your thing you know how like some people might all right let me have somebody else do the cover art mm. and you're like this didn't work I, i'm going to end up doing it or like for me let me have somebody do the editing and it's like all right mm. my editor is good but you know sometimes everybody ain't good yeah sometimes your touch isn't like um isn't the same as somebody else's touch. And it's like the vision isn't fully executed in that way. And I'm, it's not like I'm against trusting niggas with the vision, but you know, since it's my shit, I'm sensitive to the quality level, you know, like mm -hmm. and exactly what I'm trying to get across doesn't always get across when the hand starts switching. So I, I mean, I do what I can, but I'm not against like expanding the team and having conversations with niggas. So they know where my head at. So maybe they could edit my videos. And it's, a good example is, especially this one is kind of like the one that I genuinely can't do is like shooting my own videos because I can't shoot it. I can't pick an angle and be in front of the camera at the same yeah, time. Yeah. But thank God I got my uh, cousin and it's like, we grew up, he my blood cousin. We grew up like brothers. So we got almost the exact same vision. So it's easy to trust him with my shit. But I feel like that same kind of understanding takes a while to get in other aspects like cover art or mixing or production or, you know, just all the shit that gets the storytelling across is like, it's more difficult to, I'm more sensitive about shit like that. And I'm not going to, if no, I can't do myself, I learn it, you know? <laughs> no, I, I dig it. And, you know, one of the things like I, I wanted to add in a video component with, with this mm -hmm. and... I, literally, I said the same thing. I was like, "Yo, I can't shoot it and be in it. Like, exactly. like, what are we doing?" And <laughs> or like one of the things that I've learned, and when you're really a one man show and a vision is very much you, it's one of those things where when you don't have that that kind of space to to bring in another person, you end up getting bogged down and burned out really quick. Mm -hmm. And you got to figure out which parts of it can you offload. So I know that when it comes to an edit, I can offload that. That's yes. just like, yo, here's clean this up. You listen to enough episodes, you know what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like coming up with questions, no one's yeah. going to research the same way that I'm going to and come up with these weird observations. Like I'm going to yes. see something. I'm like, yo, I know you fuck with that. I'm going to ask you that. So yeah. no one else is going to peep that. It's That's a the certain thing. Passion that you can't transfer to another nigga. Like, yeah, 
vision and your unique perspective needs to be translated in your shit or else it's almost not your shit anymore, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in that in, in, in that regard, can you walk us through that overall process to putting together something as, and, and it's not to diminish, but something as small as a song because that's part of the full unit or right. a project. So like, how does that differ? And what does that process look like for each? Um, I feel like the process with a song is from a technical standpoint, as well as like a creative, almost emotional standpoint is conceptually, I come up with either a, what I want to tell a story about, whether that's like just how I'm feeling at the moment or something that I think would be cool to make a song about, or, you know, like even a mix between both, like just finding whatever inspiration comes from it. From there, I um, make the beat, lay vocal ideas down, and I start that process of recording, mixing, mastering, and all that shit. And from there, I feel like it's a really organic process. And I think it goes the same way with most of my projects, is that like I make a lot of content that is inspired by my current state of mind or whatever I'm thinking about or like how I'm genuinely feeling at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I find out more organic ways to kind of package it up or more organic ways to help tell that story in that same way. And I feel like all of my art is rooted deeply in storytelling, whether it's like completely intentional or not, like a big part of my, um, my like moral ground is like, I'm here to tell a story and connect with people through my eyes. Like that's why my website, like it's called YTK world, because it's like my world, like mm-hmm. that I'm bring niggas into. And I want to like help them see through my eyes, like how I feel about shit or how like the world sound to me or looked at me right now. Cause even the way I color grade my videos or the lack thereof, like it's because I'm colorblind. So it's like, y'all seeing what I think look cool, you know? So y'all hearing what I think look cool. I'm saying what I think niggas should hear, you know? I feel like that's the process. And it goes the same with songs, videos, projects, um, skits, like almost anything I do is just like, I think this would be cool, you know? So where or how do you rediscover inspiration when you're feeling like creatively flat, right? Like Mm -hmm. it might be writer's block, might be production block or whatever it is, but you're just like, I ain't feeling it right now. What do you, what do you do to kind of get out of that funk? Um, I feel like I have a different approach than most creators when I reach a point that feels like, uh, lack of a better term, writer's block. Cause sometimes I get beat blocks. Sometimes I get, you know, edit blocks. Sometimes I get, uh, even like writing just general creative blocks. I feel like I don't attack the same way twice. I really just try to tap in with myself and see what I need. And I feel like the thing that gets most creators like tense about the blocks they have is the pressure of needing to get out of the block immediately. And I feel like when you put that pressure on yourself, it makes it a little harder. So what I do is if I'm feeling a block of any way, I'm a, I have like a huge root of 
my general disposition as a person is because like my mom really instilled a sense of mindfulness in everything that I do. And like, especially just kind of being myself and like figuring out what I need or what I should do and trying not to follow what everybody else does. Like usually I'll meditate. I'll see exactly how I'm feeling. I'll take a bath. I'll watch a movie. I'll try not to stress about like not having exactly what I want because it's not going to come in a genuine way if I'm trying to force it. Like I never try to force it. But I think the biggest thing for me though is really just when I feel blocked, I just catch a vibe and that shit comes naturally. Like even within watching a movie or chilling or like whatever song I'm listening to when I'm in the bath or certain scenes in movies, like I'll have to re- replay that bitch like three times because it was like, oh my God, that shit was just a little nuts. <laughs> and then that informs different mediums that, you know, I got my hand in. Like I'll see a scene that'll make me think of either a bar or the composition of the shot would be like, damn, that'd be hard for some cover art or I want to do that for a video, a similar, you know, composition of what I'm seeing. Like I might want to do something tangentially related to that. So usually, you know, when I get in the blog, I do shit like that. Just vibe out until they come back. I'm going to say this real quick. You're not 22 because you're, you're sounding like like not not in a negative sort of like you're mature for your age but no you sound like you have a degree of mindfulness and, and awareness and sense of self that a lot of people that are in their fucking 30s don't even have i mean i barely have it and i'm 37. uh <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read in an interview that blonde by frank ocean is it was your favorite album is that still true and um, and breaking down a record that you like, is there something, and bringing down a record that you like, is there something that you may be heard from that project and maybe the behind the scene, maybe some of the, the stuff going along with that, that, that piece that you've applied to your own work? Yeah, I think definitely the reason why that's my favorite album ties in with why my favorite artists are my favorite artists and like, why my favorite movies are my favorite movies and shit like that. It's because like, it has just like a level of vulnerability and like intimacy to the music that feels like it's so personal as one of one, like another nigga couldn't make the same song. And it's like, it stirs something up and not only me, but almost like everybody else who's a fan of the album is because like, it has a certain air to it that makes it just, Mm -hmm. It's like human as fuck, you know? And I, I would say it's definitely like top albums of all time. Like it still is like my favorite album of all time. But even if that weren't it, the same reasons why it is my favorite album is like the reason why some of my favorite other albums are my favorite albums. So it's like the vulnerability definitely does inform as well, like why I make or my motivations into making music. So those are like, that aspect is something I take away from that album. It's just like the vulnerability, like how crafted it was. Like the nigga ain't dropped shit for a minute until he came out with that. And I was like, that mean he was sitting on that shit, perfecting it, honing it. And I feel like not even in a sense that like perfecting means listening to the same song like 30, 40 times and scrapping takes and da 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 I feel like perfection might mean something different to everybody else. And the way I interpret it is like, Mm -hmm. just giving it time until it feels right to drop, you know? 
And as well as even behind the drop of the album itself, not even listening to it sonically, but like the whole shit that happened with Def Jam and him dropping the Dud Project under Def Jam and then coming with Blonde under his own shit. It just felt like, it just felt so authentic and free. And I was like, damn, like, I don't think I've, I don't even really feel like that counts as a rollout. That's like life. Like, that's like his life was going on. And that's what the journey he kind of took us on with. And I feel like that's some of the most special shit is when, like I said earlier, you can bring niggas into your head. And like the story that you live in is communally shared with everybody else who like ingests the art. That's legit. That's legit. And I think when it comes to like the really vulnerable stuff when you can just it just resonates with you and you you can you can see something and you can feel something you can hear it just like there's a spirit there's an energy around it and you know maybe it's because i'm an aquarius or what have you and i'm I'm a sad boy in these streets but uh you know that's that's (laughs) why i got really uber protective like people take weird shots at the weekend and shit but that's why i got really uber protective Mm -hmm. of um after hours i was like oh no no this this is just definitely an aquarius a sad aquarius album i'm here for it let's go let's go let's make it a thing (laughs) and i was like all right you gotta really follow this up with something my guy and the release was a little too Mm -hmm. quick pandemic all of that but yeah, it's like that that thing resonated with me. And it's like when I go through a, a project, because sometimes music feels very commercial and disposable. And when yeah. something doesn't feel that way, you got to hold on to that shit. Yeah. Nah, thanks. For real. So you touched on, um, you know, you've been kind of doing your thing since what, 2016, right? And so mm-hmm. was, so stepping back a little bit, how long was like music a part of your life in terms of like, yo, I need to get this joint. I remember waiting out in front of Sam Goody. Well, you don't have that because you're, you're a child, but you know, waiting out there in front of Sam Goody. <laughs> I, I can tell you this because we're recording this. I think this is close to the anniversary when College Dropout came out. I was in a, I was at Morgan. Uh, and damn. <laughs> <laughs> not damn, not, not like you. I was just like, I was like, what? <laughs> so I remember, I remember um, leaving from class midday, taking a light rail over there to um, what is it? The the Circuit City. It doesn't even exist anymore oh. to get the, the get the joint. And I just remember mm-hmm. listening to shit like four weeks, like a month straight. And I was just like, yo, this is where nah, we're thanks. at. This is this is what I'm here for. And so so mm-hmm. that's that's like one of those like seminal experiences for me. And I think I was like 19 or something mm-hmm. when I joined Drop. So for you, like wh- what was wow. something that really pops in terms of like a, a music like milestone, touchstone, like capsule? Like you can go back and like y'all remember what I was doing then. Type shit. I feel like I have a lot of experiences like that. Ever since I was a kid, like I was always deeply musical. Like I realized at an early age. And not not maybe in like a fully fleshed out, fully formed concept, but like something that I just kind of like knew as a nigga is that like music is always happening somewhere. Like when you in the car, when you in the grocery store, you know, when you go to bed, when you wake up, like there's at some point in time, there's something musical happening. Like car parties over my aunt's shit, you know what I'm saying? Like it's always like some good shit going on. And I feel like some of my one of my like first album getting experiences that really like made me go like, damn, like this is the first time I was invested enough. And this was like, you know, I'm younger. So it was like the time period was like dropping off and getting physical shit. 
But I started getting into it. I would grab like vinyls from the 99 cent shit and just kind of experiment yeah. sampling with those. But previous to that, my first album that I bought as a consumer before I was officially releasing music, I think was Wolf by right. Tyler, the creator. And I got the deluxe joint the day it came out. And I went to FYE, like that was the spot you would get CDs from. And I got the deluxe joint. That bitch came with an iron on, a poster, like a, a fucking lyric a booklet of each of the songs. And my mom, I was playing that shit on like the radio through the CD. And I was, I literally like, when I got out of school, I told my mom the whole shit. I'm like, mom, I'm ready to go to the mall with this little slick little $20 I got. I'm ready to go grab this album and I'm ready to be in my room the rest of the day. And I played that shit like five times in a row, just like, just like scratching my chin and like pacing back and forth. And she came in because, you know, at the time, especially during Wolf, like he wasn't all, I'm gay, you know, flowers and ponies. I like all this. He was talking about some yeah. dark shit. So my mom come in and she like, nigga, like, what are you in here <laughs> listening to? And I swear to God, like, this is probably like one of the wildest moments I had with my mom. But I had a white boy moment, bro. I'm like, mom, like, you you not understanding what, what I'm going through right now. Like, this is I'm, this is my music, mom. And like, and she kind of understood it then. She was like, OK, nigga. OK, look, hey, you don't talk to me crazy now, but I will. I'll, I'll step out and let you have your moment. So I think that was one of my first albums that I, I bought, listened to and like really like loved in yeah. that same way. That's that's funny. I could just yeah. see it like, mom, you don't get it. He speaks to us. You don't get it. He's speaking to me, mom. Like it's dark. I'm dark. Um, so yeah. what? So over the last like two years, social media has been super important in, in, in the way that things are rolled out in terms of like shows and such have, have changed. <laughs> what lessons would you say that you've learned in kind of getting out content, getting out music, using this kind of different method of doing it, using social media as a more uh, prominent focus of that mix, that marketing mix? Yeah, I think I've always seen it as like, that's always been how I've marketed my music in some way, shape, or another. Like, when I first started, though, it was just, like, kind of word of mouth, doing shows, talking to niggas, you know, but they would always go to the internet to see, you know, what kind of artist I was, what I would talk about, you know, like, the SoundCloud links to my shit and all that shit. So it was always a part of it, but it is becoming more, like, integral to have an online presence that's, like, sleek and looks like something and tells a story. And, and I feel like, that aspect of it is kind of something I'm still navigating. And I've had, you know, like, in my opinion, my successes and pitfalls on both ends of the spectrum of that. But I think it's it's fun. But in some ways, like, it's difficult to get lost in just like, <laughs> like the metaverse of it all. You know what I'm saying? Like getting stuck in being on the Internet and the Internet culture instead of letting real life inform what you present on the internet. And I feel like that is the sweet spot of where most like good, long lasting content comes from. It's just like understanding yourself first and then just having a ball on the internet and then like letting people come along with that journey and knowing like the internet isn't necessarily the final frontier, but it is something to think about. 
Yeah, it, it has to be it has to be part of that mix. And I think in mm-hmm. conversations that I've had with different artists of all genres, right? Because you, you see all types of niggas on here. Um, what I've noticed is some of the things that make you who you are are baked into your work regardless. And you don't have to like get on social media and try to out do Mm -hmm. whoever, whatever, and however it's just, you just do your thing and it's, it's there. It comes through authentically. Um, so I got two more questions. Uh, and I think you touched on one of these a little bit. So winning is relative. What does success look like for you at the moment? Um, honestly, I think it's probably two components that, hold up, I think probably two components that I would consider falls under success for me, and that would be being able to pay my bills through art and fucking making sure that I'm always expressing myself in a real way and, like, continuing to elevate and innovate on how I'm telling a story, you know? So I think those are, and I feel right now I feel successful. You know, I don't feel like I'm failing. I feel like there are things that I could do better, but it's like in the moment I feel successful, but I do have goals, you know? And I feel like that's part of being successful is always wanting to do, take it that edge further or get better with the next one. And, you know, sitting in that spot, I think it's important to know and not feel like I'm fucking up, you know? Uh, so this is the last one I have for you um, before we get to four rapid fire questions. So the last one I have is, it's deeper than music, I would imagine. Um, can you share some of your influences when it comes to visual, when it comes to literature, uh, film, basically all of the main components of like media outside of music that really inform and contribute to what your overall energy is? So like, let's say it's, um, let's say if it's a movie, it's like, yo... I like Tarantino shit, son. You know, like like right. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like my favorite movies are it's this one director named David O. Russell, <laughs> and he did Silver Linus Playbook. Um, what was the other? I think it was American Hustle. Mm-hmm. Joy, and it's just a certain amount of detail. I like I like directors that have like a a strong sense of detail in the in the way they tell their stories that like matches well with the cinematography. And I feel like he does that really well. Wes Anderson is another one, just off the like sets and how most of his dialogue is like super fast, and it's almost musical and rhythmic but then if you look back at it it's like they actually had a conversation but it's like in the tone of voice they speak with it's all super fucking intentional because you can watch three Wes Anderson movies in a row and you can find all the common themes but they're like different movies you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying and I think that's difficult to do um, I was almost waiting for you to say Wes Anderson because I was just like I'm Wes. waiting for it because uh it, it's the, the movies are always weird always quirky it's a Always an interesting mm-hmm. color palette that's there on screen. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely once I slid in with like Grand Budapest Hotel, I was like okay, we here, we out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, facts. His most recent joint, it like Wes Anderson, like art house heads were like, no, nah, this wasn't his best. I don't know if he could have done. I think it's his best. His most recent, the French yep. Dispatch, is crazy because it's like he does like 
most of his films almost feel like an anthology of like short stories because it's like he'll go off on a tangent that somebody was thinking about and then like 30 minutes later he'll be like and that's why i did that and they're back in the room talking about what they're and i'm like but with this one he doesn't shy away from it at all it's literally just short story short story short story short story i'm like i like the way he did that and they all connect like it's classic west but he's not like trying to overdo it it's just straightforward like and it's really nice i really fuck with that one I got to I got to check that one. I got like a short list of stuff. I definitely just got the um the membership to um Beyond. I'm out here written videos, my guy, Beyond Video and Baltimore. They got the they got like 20,000 like like DVDs in the spot. So I did a I did a screening recently for the for the Meteor Man movie. That's, that's before your time. And uh and that was one of those joints that was filmed in Baltimore and I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, they happened to have it. Damn. So I was like, yo, I did the screen. That joint came on 93. Damn. And it was like black superhero movie, had a Marvel Comics tie-in, and it was shot in White Lock. What the fuck? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And nobody's like, oh man, it's all good. It's like, yeah, it was DC. It's like, it was shot in White Lock in like Old Town Mall back in the day. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> yo, that shit, what? You said it's called Meteor Man? Yeah. Damn. I'm gonna have to look something up. So Robert Townsend joined or what have you. He did the Hollywood shuffle, all of that stuff. You gotta check this Damn. shit out, man. This shit's good. That's black just director. Wild as fuck. Like everybody that was black and popping like in the early nineties is in it. Mm. Yo, you Luther know what's Van- crazy? Luther Vandross is a gangster in it, my guy. You said Luther Vandross. Skinny Luther with the blicky is in the movie. <laughs> with the blick blickington is in the movie. No, that's wild as fuck. That's wild as hell, yo. I mean, I always, when I did the intro, I was like, look, if you, if you, you don't get anything out of this movie, you just get to see Luther Vandross as a gangster. <sighs> nah, that's literally, that's what he does. Yo. That's literally what he does. <laughs> so look, 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 look. Let me hit you with these rapid fire joints real quick, right. and then we can uh, wrap it up. Um, so rapid fire, the way I try to go with this is whatever the answer that pops in your head right there. All right, cool. um, and you know this first one is very trolly because of um you you kind of had a viral period last year. Mm-hmm. So Mar- Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston, which one are you going with? I'm gonna go with Mariah, bro. Mariah held me down on the low. <laughs> she could have really put a nigga in a, in a spot, but she didn't. Shout out Mariah. <laughs> Shout out Quest Love. <laughs> Shout out Quest. I met that nigga at um when he previewed his uh his like Summer of Soul joint. Yeah, yeah, he was cool as shit. He and I have the same birthday, so it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, what would your what artist would you want to have a what's your dream collaboration? And it can be art, artists and however you view it. It could be visual. It could be you know musical. What do you what are you thinking? Dream collab. Um, mm, I'm gonna say Tyler. Okay. Because it could be something visual. It could be some clothes with bro. It could be a song. It could be a set. For a live show, you know, he just do a lot of shit, so I probably say him. Um, Spotify, title, or Apple Music? What is your your preference? I use Apple Music, but I don't really necessarily have a preference. I like Spotify because it's like, honestly, not all the cuts end up on on Apple Music. I just use Apple Music because it comes with the phone damn near, and they got lyrics. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll jump on that. But I got both. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, this finish this sentence here. Um, without art, shit ass. <laughs> real shit, real shit, authentic. <laughs> that's the most honest ver- That's the most honest answer I've heard to that. Shit ass, son. Shit ass, bro. 
so, so with that being said, um, I want to invite you. Well, one, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite you to tell the fine folks to where to check out your work, where to check out you on social media, all of that good stuff. Where you can just go to YCK.world. And then all my social media on there, all my visuals is on there, all my songs. I got some shit rolling out. Everything that I'm about to be doing is kind of focused through there. So it's like, you know, YTK.world. So there you have it, folks. Hey, yeah. I want to thank YTK for coming on to the podcast and chopping it up with me. And uh, for YTK, I am Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it. Yeah.